This is Stephen Bonacore of Stronghold Games, and you're listening to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Hey, it's Tony and Marty again, your host of the Rolling Dice and Taking Names podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This is episode number 22, Survey Says. Well done, sir. Thank That's you. right. I'm here for the sound effects. I'm like a Foley stage over here. Uh, hey, you, okay, I trust you on that because you know me. You're, that's why you're the sound guy because I don't know what all that is. I think so. it's what it's called. And that was in the special effects, uh, the, the stage that you make all the special effects sounds called a Foley stage. Sure, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with that. I can't type quick enough on Google. It'll get captured in the microphone. So we'll just, yeah, Foley stage. That works. So like you did to me, mm-hmm. um, you just got back from Dragon Con, right? I did just uh, two, three days ago. Well, first off, and our our guys over at, um, what was it, uh, Geek Jocks that said if it's if there's no pictures, it didn't happen there. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of pictures thrown out here. Where are all the pictures of Dragon Con and and what did you think of it? It was your first time there. Well, as far as pictures, there was not a lot of tweeting going on from there because the reception and signal there for phones was horrible. Horrible. Oh, see, I had, yeah, and, and I had the same issue at Gen Con. The reception was awful, man. Let me tell you. I, I tried to do some here and there, and it just didn't work. I did. We did take a lot of pictures of cosplayers. Um, not a lot of gaming stuff, and I put that on my my Facebook page. I, obviously, everybody can't see that, but it wasn't a lot of gaming pictures. If I did, I tried to actually tweet those out. I did get a couple of those out. But okay, Dragon Con. So yes, we went to Dragon Con, and for those who don't know, it is a large fandom convention that occurs over the Labor Day weekend in Atlanta. Uh, it has been going on since about 1987, and I believe this past weekend they figured that they had 60,000 or more people there. Where, where was it held in Atlanta? I'm familiar with Atlanta. Where was it? Was it in downtown in a hotel near the World Congress Center? Where was mm-hmm. it? It was held downtown across five different hotels. It was the Hyatt, the Hilton, the Sheraton, the Marriott, and the Weston. Wow. That's, was it, they were all side by side, I take it? Yes. They're all, uh, you either have um, the, um, not the crosswalks, the overpasses, the street. Um, yeah. You know, that connects the hotels. There's a couple of them that were joined that way. A couple of them you have to go outside and cross the street to get to, uh, like the Weston. Uh, but what happens is each one of those is a, um, a hotel that uh, sponsors or hosts uh, Dragon Con. And each one almost has like their own unique track uh, that they do. For example, the Weston had all the horror tracks and alternate histories. Uh, probably the ones that would people that are listening to this would be interested in was over in the Hilton, which is where all the gaming tracks were. This isn't anything like Gen Con. It, you know, Gen Con is a gaming-based convention. This is just a fandom pop culture convention with a very small subset for gaming. See, that's what I'm just trying to get my head wrapped around here, Marty. Is So it was a convention where people go in, dress up, and they meet the big shows come. Is it kind of like, sort of like Comic-Con? Is- it, is, it is considered the East Coast version of Comic-Con. Yes. Okay. It's not as large because Comic-Con, I believe, has over 100,000. And then they have all the 
the big name TV shows and, and movie stars coming in promoting their movies. Uh, what happens here is they do get a lot of actors from different things such as uh, uh, Walking Dead or Star Trek, uh, a bunch of sci-fi. Whatever genre you can pick, usually there's somebody from some show or movie that's going to be there to do panels and give autographs. And see, when uh, you told me that you were going to it first, I was thinking it was like an RPG convention. No. You know? No, yeah. It is, it is nothing but... People getting together, cosplaying, which we actually did on Saturday. And I've got to give Vanessa credit. I said, there's no way you'll get us all in costumes. And she did it. All five of us were in costumes on Saturday. And so everybody is is really into that. Uh, you go to all these panels throughout the day. You just people watch. A lot of people just go sit in the uh, hotel lobby and take pictures of people uh, which is what Vanessa did a lot of her time. And then at night, uh, different costumes will come out, and then it's just a lot of partying and drinking. Okay, so it's like one big Gen Con parade constantly? Is that what you're telling me here? I'm, I can only imagine. Well, there is a Dragon Con parade, which is a, okay. which is a major ordeal. They, they block off a lot of the streets and um, have a, like an hour-long parade. An hour long? Yes. It was an hour, hour and a half long. Wow. Well, there's Holy a lot. Cow. There's a lot of people, and there's a lot of cool costumes. I mean, if anybody goes out there and just searches for uh, Dragon Con pictures from 2013, they're all over the place. I mean, there are some incredible, incredible costumes out there. And Vanessa got all into that, seeing all the cool costumes, and I did too. There was a, there was a lot of really neat uh, different things out there that that you saw. A, lo- a lot of them were were very common. For example, we saw a lot of uh, oh, who was the hot one? This oh. Uh, the the cartoon show Adventure Time that's on Cartoon Network. I saw tons of people uh, dressing up um, as that. It was the more subtle things that I liked. For example, the uh, first day uh, we saw these um, three guys walking around with the cardinal outfits, red cardinal outfits. Uh-huh. They were dressed up like the mighty guys in the Mighty Python skit, Spanish Inquisition. Oh man! It was there you it go. was because I yelled out, "Hey, we didn't expect you guys!" And they go, "Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition," and, and they go their little thing. But it was all the the cool, subtle things like that that I that I really appreciated. Of course, there was a bunch of hero costumes. Um, there was a guy there that was doing uh, Spider Man that looks exactly like the guy that's currently playing Spider-Man, and I can't think of the actor's name. It mm-hmm. was a spitting image. I could not believe it. Are you sure it wasn't him? It wasn't. It, it wasn't him. But it, it looked really good. And then, oh, Game of Thrones was huge. Daenerys's were all over the place. Uh, that seemed to be a really? real popular costume, yes. Uh, if I remember correct, because I never pronounced them right when I read the books. That's the Dragon Queen? Is, yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, I was just you know checking that right there because I was like you know so basically scantily clad young ladies walking around with little pet dragons on them. Well, the Daenerys outfits weren't too scantily clad; those were pretty respectable. They did have little dragons on their shoulders, but there were a lot of scantily clad women there. Yes, and when you're the father and of I'm three sure boys, there were men too. This, yeah. They, oh, yeah, there. Know, oh, there were. Yeah, I mean, there was. He men. Yeah, there were, and you know, there were some guys that shouldn't have been wearing things that they were, and, and others that looked very appropriate. <laughs> And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I can only imagine that. And his name was Andrew Garfield. Thank you, Andrew Garfield. Guy looked just like. Him. And then he had um, um, a person. I guess his girlfriend or wife was the black cat, and uh, she she looked great too. And so they would pose, and he'd get down in a Spider Man pose. I mean, it looked really good. So oh, cool. There's some really impressive costumes. Now I'm I'm kind of curious, and I'll, I'll lead you into this. But um, did they block off the street where they filmed The Walking Dead downtown? Did, did they do any of that? 
They well, they doing like this is where film it was shot because no. wasn't The Walking Dead. Well, the, well, th- well, in the first season there was a couple scenes downtown Atlanta, but you know, ever yeah. since then they've left Atlanta. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying. Well, obviously, because how long did you wait in line? Okay, you, just had, to, you just had to bring that up. So, uh, my oldest son Adam. <laughs> that was funny. My oldest son Adam wanted to go see the Walking Panel, Walking Dead panel. So they had a panel Friday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And it was the people who played T-Dog, Michael Rooker, who plays, oh my gosh, Daryl's brother. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's dead. <laughs> hey, spoiler alert. Somebody may have not watched it yet. Oh, come on. It's fixing to hit today. Everybody's, everybody's oh, called Oh, my God. I apologize for that, y'all. Um, and then uh, Glenn was there, the guy that played Glenn and the guy that played Herschel. Okay. Uh, Merle. And Merle was his character. Merle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so anyway, so all those were there. All those people were there. So Adam says, let's go Monday morning. I said, all right. Well, actually, we wanted to go Sunday, and we went to get in line. An hour beforehand, they'd already shut down the line. Uh, wow. it, it was already full. So we got there two hours early on Monday morning, and we were towards the front of the line. We waited two hours. We got into this ballroom, and it was a one of the huge ballrooms in the West, and it probably held over 1,000 people. We're sitting on the second row. And about 10 minutes into it, they come out and say, uh, yeah, they decided they're not going to come. But they came the other day? See, when I read your tweet about that, I was like, what, did they just not show up for the convention as a whole? Oh, or no. just you guys? No, they, they were there. They didn't come Friday. They skipped the panel on Friday. They were there Saturday, Sunday, and skipped the panel on Monday. So I'm fuming. So I tell them, all right, it's time to get in the car. Let's, let's go home. We go by the vendor hall, spend a couple minutes there, and then we get in the car and head out. So on the way home, I'm reading on Facebook on the official Dragon Con page where somebody posts, hey, those of you who are here waiting in line for Walking Dead, you want me to tell you where they were? They decided to stay in the place where they do autographs and make money off autographs as opposed to walk over and do the panel for you guys. Of course. Come on. You know, it's the great American way. Okay. you got to make some money. I have no issue with that. If they decide, if they decide I'd rather sit here and make 30 bucks making, uh, you know, doing autographs, fine. But, you know, you could have had the common decency to tell the people that were sitting there for two hours, like an hour earlier, hey, we're not going to come over, so we're just not going to do the panel, as opposed to making us wait. I wasted all morning when I could have been doing something else. You know what I could have been doing? I could have been sitting in the Whedonverse panel that was going on at the exact same time and hearing people in that. Oh, really? I was, I was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't big names. It was the woman that played Buffy's mom and Miracle Laurie and the guy that played Xander. I mean, they're big to me. Um, but it wasn't like the really big names, like from you know from Firefly or anything like that. Yeah, so I could have been sitting there listening to that, and so I was fuming because I was trying to decide which panel to go to, and I said, "I'll go to the panel with my son, and we can experience this together." Well, we experienced See, something together, some pain. You bonded. You bonded well. <laughs> I like that. But I agree with you. They they could you know it's one thing to waste people's time, but you know, but to, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. But so so you said it wasn't you know cosplay, all that good stuff. What games did you play over there? I saw some tweets. You were teaching mm-hmm. people what dungeon roll and stuff like that. Well, what what they're in the bottom, uh, the very bottom floor of the Hilton. The entire area was set aside for gaming, so they set up all these gaming tables. They had a gaming library, which they have like at Gen Con and at Origins. It's not nearly as good as Origins, but you pay five bucks, you give them your license, and you can check out games. So we went there uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday night and Sunday night, and I got in a game of Galaxy Trucker, which I never played before, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went around and, and watched what other people were doing. A lot of the games were checked out at the time. The two biggest games by far that I saw being played, Werewolf, 
which makes sense because in convention settings like that, it's easy to get 10, 15 people sitting around a circle and playing. Or while they're waiting to go to the Walking Dead panel. You know, that would have been a brilliant idea. I wish I'd have thought of that while I was sitting in that line. <laughs> anyway. it. Okay, anyway. And uh, Zombicide uh, from Cool Mini or Not. And they are in Atlanta, and they actually had a booth in the vendor hall. And people had was buying the game there and playing it that night. And I think that was a real big game. And I know they got there a couple expansions that are getting ready to come out in September. Mm-hmm. So they may have been uh, pushing that. And those were like uh, Prison Break and the Toxic City Mall. So yeah. uh, th- there, there was a lot of people doing that. And then uh, there was like a magic tournament. Uh, the game, um, uh, they had, you know, those big pods that we saw at Origins of Gen Con where they do the Mech Warrior things. They had those set up there. Yeah, they had them at Gen Con. They had them at Origins, yeah. Yeah, yeah they had that. Um, they did have some RPG sessions. They had a Pathfinder Society that was up and running somewhere. So that, that was the gaming portion. Again, a very small portion. I will say of all the people that I ran across and stuff, the gamers were the most friendly and the least rude of anybody at the rest of the convention by far. Well, and I, I pointed that out in, you know, when I talked about Gen Con. It's just it's a community, and, we, and that's why you know, everybody's always about, you know, hey, sit down, play. You want to learn a game? I'm going to teach you a game. I understand that, and you, you definitely probably participated. So let me ask you. You've been to Origins. You've been to Gen Con. You've been to Dragon Con now. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we'll ask another question. But so of the three, which one would you always want to do then? You've done them. All, you've done those three. Which one would you do? Um, I right now, I don't think it's any any comparison. I probably would pick Gen Con over all three at, at this point. I know that I said that when we get back from Origins that I really like it because it's small and you get to play a lot of games and meet a lot of people. There's just an air of excitement. And if you've experienced Gen Con now, there's just an air of excitement that's happened in Indianapolis those four days, which is hard to generate some other place. Now I'm not, you know, it's not, I know there's probably a lot of dragon con fans out there. They're very rabid fans, big time. They love their con. It's a good con, but obviously if you're just looking for gaming, gen con is the way to go. Dragon con is fun. The, the only issue is, is, is with origins and gen con it takes, and even San Diego comic con, it takes place in a huge convention center. What happens here is it happens in five different hotels and it just gets packed. So people are, yeah. are trying to move between hotels, and it's jam-packed, and the vendor hall is not in the best of all areas. It's in a place called America's Mart. The vendor hall was really nice. It was a, it was a lot bigger than um, Origins and maybe maybe ra- rivaling the size of um, uh, Gen Con, yeah. But again, it, it was just a mass of people the entire time, and I was really ready to come home because I was tired of rubbing shoulders and smelling every. I can't say that. There wasn't any con funk or anything like that. I was just tired of rubbing shoulders with people the entire weekend. Well, I mean, and that's good to know. I understand. You're, you're not. It's just good experience. I mean, we still need to get to Dice Tower Con so that we can say, oh, we've done that. So we've still got a bucket list of various conventions that we sure. need to get to. Now, my family's ready to go back. On the way home, there's like, all right, let's go ahead and make reservations for next year. I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah. They, they were into it. They got, they really got into it more so than I did. I, I, I don't well, know. Vanessa, why. Yeah. But Vanessa loves her steampunk. She does. And she was really into the steampunk over the weekend. She went to several panels. Uh, she has this new web, web series that she likes called league of steam. And those people were there and she went and met them and got their picture made with them and was geeking out over that. She got to meet, <laughs> she got to meet Yaya, uh, which is a big famous cosplayer. Um, mm-hmm. If you were, I could show you a picture and you go, oh yeah, I've seen her before because she does, she's a very famous cosplayer. She was there, she actually lives in Atlanta and she's actually on a show right now called Heroes of Cosplay on the Sci-Fi Channel, which we watch. Uh-huh. She's, she's kind of the featured star on there, so she, Vanessa geeked out over that. Okay. Yeah, well, 
I, I can understand that. And so I, from a standpoint of the costumes and I, I figured out, you know, your two youngest, Brett and Travis, uh, Minecraft guys on vacation. Those were brilliant. Love those. Yes. What was Adam? The Invisible Man from the old 50s movie. Oh, I, I thought he was trying to hide his face so his friends wouldn't know he was there. No, no. Yeah. Uh, if people can picture this, he is the old black and white Invisible Man where he's wearing a suit and he's basically got bandages wrapped around his head and, and dark goggles on and a hat. And that's what Adam went is. And, and I thought, Adam, you are insane. Do you know? He, so he had on an overcoat, a vest, a shirt, the pants, the hat, and his head was wrapped in bandages and wearing gloves. I said, you were going to die. So we walked around the con for about three hours. And finally he said, I've, I've got to go back to the room. I said, I'm sure you do. So we get back to the room and he starts taking everything off. His shirt that he was wearing underneath his, his white button down shirt was asked as if he had just dipped it in a pool of water. It was soaking wet. Wow. I don't know. I, it I don't looked know how, hot. I don't know how he did it. I was sitting there, dude, you're making me hot. I'll post a, a picture of some of our stuff on the, on the blog of the, what we dressed up as I'm sure. I say I'm sure people like to see it. I don't know if they would or not, but I'll just do a little blog post and, and show what we dressed up as. Vanessa and I did steampunk. She did a steampunk entomologist, and I did a, like a steampunk uh, cowboy. Okay, I was trying to figure out what you were there. I was expecting a long brown coat from you, but it uh, didn't happen, did it? Well, I I intend to in the future, but it was going to be too hot. I want to get a duster, but there's okay. just no way I would have wore one in 90-degree heat and uh, humidity in uh, Atlanta. Okay, so I, then this person is Yahya Han, is that correct? That's it, that Yahya Han. Okay, um, just happened to do a quick search here, and she's dressed up like uh, Jessica Rabbit. Uh, yeah. And we're going to move on from there, because this is a family-oriented show. <laughs> well, no, yeah, so, I mean, if you click on her images, she, she dresses up as everything. Yes, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can see that from her Facebook postings there. So, we'll be getting off of that page, moving right along. Well, so. if you want to, you can. Uh, there's a picture of us with her. So okay, well that's kind of neat. That's yeah. that's really interesting. Um, so how long did it take Vanessa to do y'all's costumes? Well, everybody kind of worked on their own. Vanessa probably spent, oh they did yeah. Vanessa spent the most time because she took uh, she was entomologist, so she bought all this this jewelry of like uh, bugs and beetles and butterflies and stuff, and she she painted them. Uh, I taught her some miniature painting techniques, washing and um, dry brushing and stuff like that, and she kind of picked up on that real quick and basically did all of her jewelry. Uh, she just bought the shirt and the, and the skirt. Uh, she got the hat. She spent a lot of time doing the hat, putting the flowers on it, and uh, doing a lot of hot gluing and stuff like that. Now, Bob made her brother-in-law, her, my brother-in-law, uh, made the thing <laughs> that goes on her arm, which looked like a steampunk. It was supposed to be like a fumigator or something like that. It looked yeah. really cool. Now, both of us did our own guns. We took water guns uh, and basically painted them black and steampunked them out, put gears on them, painted them and everything like that. So that was fun. Uh, that's pretty neat right there. Yeah, I was, I was like, man, look at you go. And how many miniatures do you have still waiting to be painted? Anyway. So moving on. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was my little synopsis on, on uh, Dragon Con. If, you, if you've never been and you're into the whole fandom thing, no matter what you're into, alternative history, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, animation anime regardless it's it's there so it you know, it was a lot of fun it's worth going to at least once if you're looking for strictly a gaming thing like gen con it's not it but there is a lot of gaming going on and i i really am upset at myself that i didn't take the mic that you used for uh recording at gen con for two reasons yeah. one cool mini or not was there which we didn't get to talk to at gen con so i could have talked to him right there about the new zombie side things coming out and right. then uh, Weird Miniatures was there. 
Oh man, yeah, and, they're they're hot. They're they're hot right now. Yeah, for t- for t- and I'm on. sick to my stomach for two reasons. They just released their Malifaux Second Edition rules, and mm-hmm. they just re-released Puppet Wars. I don't know if you've seen that. The Puppet Wars yeah. is like a board game, but it's with miniatures that you paint. And it, mm-hmm. I watched some people play it. He was demoing it, and it looked a lot of fun. And I and I regret not having the mic with me. Actually, I was going to go back and just use the phone, but they had packed up on Sunday night and had left, so I didn't get to talk to them at all. Oh, well. Well, you didn't know who was going to be there, and I'm sure it will continue. But, I mean, with Cool Mini being in Atlanta, who knows, maybe. Well, come to find out, they run their own convention next year. It's in like uh, it's either May or March, and they have a Cool Mini or Not weekend, which might be interesting oh. to go to. A one-day trip. I mean, you go down there for a day or something like that. I can do that. Who knows? And I'm always down in Atlanta for meetings, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. So that's kind of neat. So that's in, I know Rebecca's friend goes to uh, Dragon Con all the uh, – she's been doing it for a couple of years. And I asked Rebecca, I said, hey, so you want to go with your friend? No. I'm like, really? Why? Yeah. She would have had fun. Well, you know, I, I got to broaden them, get, get them out there a little bit. But that's okay. I understand. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there's Marty's experience at DragonCon. Appreciate you sharing. So, guys, if you're interested in that, you know, it's going to happen about the same time next year, all that good stuff, Marty. Labor Day weekend. So Labor Day weekend every year. They've already sold out two hotel, hotels for next year already. Wow. And, you know, you were competing against PAX Prime, so. Yes, I was. And, in fact, um, there were some people that were supposed to be there that couldn't because of PAX Prime. Uh, Geek Chic was there. I spent a long time talking to Geek Chic, and again, I regret not having the mic with me there too, because the CEO Robert was there. The guy that was oh, on, Robert, yeah, the guy that was on Shark Tank. I tell you, the uh, the guy's brilliant. I, I meant I should have asked him, "Is your background in industrial engineering?" Because he was telling me about these new line of desks, desks that they're coming out, and he was talking about how ergonomically the desks that we have aren't right right now, and he was throwing out all these ideas of what would make a better desk. I'm going, this is absolutely brilliant. And the one thing he said that made the most sense was he's going to come out with different desks, one of them being a hobby desk for doing painting and stuff. I thought that would nice. be really cool. One of them is just a regular work desk. And he says he wants his work desk to be inclined. And I said, inclined? And he said, yeah, think about it. He says, your keyboard, most keyboards are inclined, right? And I said, yes. And he said, and you hold your wrist up. He said, that's not very natural. He said, you'd really want your whole arm to be kind of tilted up. I said, okay, I can buy that. And he said, also, it won't collect junk. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, think. It won't slow. He said, any flat surface collects junk. An inclined surface can't because it'll roll off. I said, dude, that's brilliant. And he went, well, thank you. (laughs) So, I mean, he just had all these really cool ideas he was throwing out. That It's like, well, that's why you make such cool furniture. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've. Looked at him at Gen Con. They were always had people in the booth talking. He was there, but uh, I didn't. They he always had somebody talking to him. Yeah. And um, I was looking at, of course, their um, dice trays and dice towers and getting ideas for things for me to make just to play with the tools around here. And I, I noticed, you know, we're I'm, I'm looking for that octagon. I'm waiting for the octagon table to come out because because <laughs> that's that's what's in our that's where we eat. So I'm like, oh, I could you know pull it off and things like that. So. Oh, yeah, great furniture. I know you uh, corresponded with somebody on Twitter about that. Mm-hmm. Some guy, you know, was trying to convince his wife or his wife was convincing him. And, you know, hey, guys, I'm I'm 6'2". You can get it. It's comfortable sitting at your 
desk. I mean, at your um, table. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, it, well, the thing is, it was custom, so they can make the the legs or the height of the table anything you want. Yeah, and I mean, you were designing it for the family, but shoot, Adam's not a small boy, so no, no, that's a standard table height. So if you can get in under any table, you'll get under this one. But yeah, so that was my uh, Gen Con experience, and you know what? It is two days after, and I feel good. So I guess I didn't get the con crud. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, and I know you just said Gen Con. I know you meant Dragon Con, but I did. there you go. Sorry. That's no big deal. So also in this episode, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to close out some um, Gen Con interviews that we've been holding on to that we need to get done here. And also we're going to go over the survey. And uh, it, it ended. The contest ended. Yay! Yay! And we would just like to thank everybody that, that uh, signed up. We had, I guess, over 500 unique entries and i think because we had multiple ways to enter over 800 entries total that's correct yes so and yeah the survey was a big success uh, we appreciate the 200 plus people that filled out the survey how many on itunes uh 94 wow and and Man. it was and and i just want to thank all the people that took time to write really nice uh, uh reviews on itunes you guys gave a lot of lot of good feedback. I mean, Tony and I got a lot of information back about what you like, maybe not uh, dislike. We got some constructive criticism, which is always good. It has been a huge help to us, which is why tonight we actually, you know, we called this survey says we actually want to go over our survey results with you because what you guys have told us is actually going to affect our show from here forward because now we've we kind of hear what you guys like and, and dislike and, and want to alter and stuff like that. And I said stuff yeah. like that again. So from now on, this will be Rolling Dice Taking Names hosted by Marty. <laughs> Just, just. Wait, was that a question? Which host no. do you want to get sacked? Yeah. Oh, that instead of the other one. That's what we should have done. Yeah. Ooh. And I don't have a southern draw. Thank you. Okay. No, we do. It, I know. It, it, it was they. They said it, we had a Carolina draw. Well, it's a good darn thing, and we eat Carolina barbecue. But anyway, yes, we. Uh, which it, which amazing. is which is funny because I have I don't know if I've told you this before when I worked at uh, McGuire Nuclear Station, uh, yeah. which you know you worked at a nuclear station. There's a bunch of good old boys that worked there oh, yeah. in, in the energy department. Fresh out of college, they thought for sure I was from up north. They said you're a Yankee. I said I'm not. I'm from here. And they said nope, you don't have the accent. You're you're a Yankee. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that, you know, we, we really don't have that deep of a Southern drawl that you see on TV and things like that. But well, that's <laughs> stuff's made up. Oh, yeah. That's, but it is funny. Donna and I talked about that last night. I said, hey, one of the comments was that they like the Southern drawl that we have. I don't have one. She's just laughing at me. Of course you do. And you know you do. Get over it. Move well, on I, with yourself. Hey, I'm proud of it. I don't want to get rid of it or anything, but it's not as strong as some others around here. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. But, um, yeah, watch, watch, you know, enjoy some good NASCAR racing. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, hey, that's just, that's a, you know, you can hear, hear a good draw there. Um, so, anyway, we're going to go over the survey, going to do some interviews. Uh, so, the next segment we got coming up is we're going to discuss the survey, the results from the survey. And, once again, really do appreciate everybody contributing to um, the board game geek guild and doing the survey in the itunes uh, it, it was just a phenomenal I, I was not expecting that response how about you Mark? I, I was not either and again thank you guys so much and in fact we picked the winner we can go ahead and announce it was tracy 
uh, Wieland or Wayland. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Her entry came from the uh, uh, Board Game Geek Guild, and I've contacted her. She's so excited. We actually started a thread. I uh, started a thread today on how should Tracy spend her money. And Tony, I don't know if you read about it, but she was looking for a two-player a game for her husband, and she was looking for something that maybe was World War II based. So people started suggesting Memoir 44, and she just posted tonight. She says, well, I think we have a winner. She's going to get Memoir 44 with her gift card. Well, that's how I No, I came in, posted Lost Legends, and then I guess she posted after that that I said she should go with the Queen's game because I was looking at all of her games, and she's mm-hmm. a fan of the Queen games. And I was like, well, Go with their new one, Lost Legends, because you've got Seven Wonders and you enjoy the that aspect of the of the game. Mm-hmm. And no, I did not know that. That's outstanding. Yeah. She said, and I'm just going to quote: "I need to consider some good two player games that my husband will play." Uh, skip a little bit. It says, uh, "Not sure what he thinks about Star Wars X Wing Miniatures game. I'll show him. He likes Star Wars, but he's not the geek I am. He likes World War Two. Any light World War Two games." And the people started coming and saying, Memoir 44, Memoir 44. So I think she's going to go that route. Well, that's outstanding. Well, see, what, bringing gaming, bringing a family together. That's what we're all that. about here. That's right. That's exactly right. All right. So coming up, segment on survey. Stay tuned. in this segment we're going to look at the survey we're going to take each question and we're going to talk about it give you the results and see how it possibly will affect the show and what we thought about it so tony you ready to go i am certainly ready to go and i do want to point out for those of you listening to the show if you're in a position where you can pull up our blog uh you'll see the various graphs of each of the question if you would like to follow along those will be posted out there as well so i know with my management if it doesn't have pretty colors they they have a hard time deciphering. So understand that completely. So here we go. So for question number one, I'll take this one, Marty, and then you, you're, I'm odd, you'll take even. It is just, that's just the way it is. Um, is the podcast length too long, too short, or about right? Well, imagine this. Our show, we try to keep it at an hour, and 85% of the respondents said it is just right. And, mm-hmm. and we appreciate that. And, and we figured as much because, you know, a lot of it has to deal with my attention span. Uh, you know, how, how long can you go? Marty and I both talked about this. What, what, what is a good attention span right there? Right. And I, I'm glad to hear this because uh, early on, I know we had said early in our uh, show that we're going to try to keep it at 30 minutes. Then we realized it's just way too hard to get anything out there in 30 minutes. So we say, let's just shoot for the hour. And we've done pretty good at that. Sometimes we're a little over by 15 minutes or so, but I think we're hitting the mark right here. And the reason why, like you said, we're not smart enough to come up with more than an hour's worth of content. We're barely getting an hour in here. So if we can keep it at that, and plus, there are so many other good shows out there that the fact that you guys would give us an hour of your time to listen to us, I think that's more than fair. And I wouldn't want to ask any more of anybody. So number two, Marty. Number two was, let me scroll down. What should the five-minute initiative focus on? And survey says 70% of you said games, which I, again, I am not surprised at because of the different types of uh, five-minute initiatives we have done. The ones that are based specifically on a game are by far the most popular. We've tried some other things where, We've talked on a different topic and, and other things. And at 23%, strategy did come in. 
is, is another choice, but overwhelmingly games. And I think Tony and I have talked about this. We've kind of found our niche with a five-minute initiative, and games seems to be it because it's a way for us to try to concise our thoughts on one particular game in a short bite. And, in fact, one of the best things or one of the things I heard over and over again on the iTunes uh, reviews, everybody loves the five-minute initiative. That was mentioned many, many times as something people appreciated because when you don't have an hour, here's just a little five-minute chunk of something that you can listen you know, on your way through somewhere. And, and I, uh, game reviews, yeah, not to belabor the point. We understand it. Um, for those of you that haven't listened to a five-minute initiative, a game review in a five-minute initiative is simply where Marty and I do a quick overview of the game, don't go into a lot of depth, and then say what we like and dislike from both points of view and then go with it. So hopefully in the future we're going to do that and even go back and revisit. And Marty also has something else in mind for five minutes. Go ahead, drop the bomb. Uh, we'll wait till we get to the comments okay. at the end. All right, very good then. Um, number three, how do you get updates from us? And surprisingly for, um, for that question – you know, it was, it was a close between three, three ways. Um, you had going out to iTunes, you've got it through the Board Game Geek forums, and then, of course, um, the other 25% of the response was, help me find that well, one. Well, we had people that occasionally visited the website was 37%, 37% Board Game Geek forums, 38% iTunes, 25% RSS subscription. And this um, was good for us to know because I just didn't know where the content was going, how you were retrieving it. I'm glad to know now that it was iTunes because we had a huge issue with iTunes a couple months ago that I think I have worked out now. So I'm glad I got that worked out because that really could have hurt us. And the fact that we have so many more uh, new subscribers to our forums, I'm glad to hear now that that is another mechanism that we can use to communicate with people when a new episode comes out and such. And uh, trust me, for those who have just recently subscribed to our forums, we are not going to sit there and just post constantly on there. I don't want it to be to where every time you log into BGG, you have that icon up there saying, hey, you know, here's a thing that you, uh, form you subscribe to and there's a new message in here. We'll post pertinent stuff that we think is important or people might want to talk about. We're not going to spam you with a lot of stuff. Number four. Number four. Here we go. Which segments of the show do you think add value? Coming in at number one was game reviews. So again, it looks like uh, 51%. It looks like uh, people really like to hear what we think about games. And it's kind of interesting because when we started this show, we thought, eh, there are way too many really good game review podcasts out there that we didn't know that we could bring anything to the table that other people don't already do better. But I guess people just like to get different opinions on different games and, and we'll continue to do that. I think there's some really good shows out there that go really in depth to rules and how something works. And I just think we'll continue to give our, you know, 30,000 foot level, you know, points of a game and definitely go back and use the five minute initiatives for a little more insight. Look now, what I thought was really interesting was the fact that the second highest thing was a segment that's still relatively new at the table. That is a segment where we go to our local game club events and we ask a lot of the people in the room a question and then we'll give you their answers and then talk about it. So I was surprised to see that in second place. Yeah, that's interesting. And we'll do more of those and try to hit other other venues other than just, you know, like posting them, maybe even post them in the forums and we can just read them. But that, that's that's interesting that they want. But hey, you want to hear other people's opinion, we can do that. Now, one thing I want to point out, 
oh, excuse me, um, is that on these game reviews, um, we're going to try to do as many as we can. But unfortunately um, for Marty and I, that's going to be a little limited. It's not like we get a lot of you know people sending us games or anything. These are just going to be like games that we purchase on our own and and look at and hope to buy um as as we see them come out so mm-hmm. you know as we as we build up our libraries we'll do that and we'll definitely start going back to some old ones that we've played and probably you know replace the casual corner with maybe reviews of games yeah so that that's a good point um basically what he's saying is that you know all the games that we talk about you know we're buying out of our pockets we're we're not having people send us games to review either we're so interested in them that we've actually put our hard earned money down to get them or i guess another way is we do have access to a lot of other games because we have our game club and we get to play a lot of different games there so there may be an event that we go to where tony and i both get to play the same game and we may come back and talk about it, even though neither of us own it. Right. And so we hear you. We're going to try to find other avenues to definitely do it. We're not whining or complaining that we don't have a whole lot of games. Because, Lord, no. I've got too many games to play yeah. now just from my, that. I wish I, Marty and I had more time. Uh, uh, shoot. You know, I wish we could play Netrunner more. But anyway, I got it in. And ding. Um, ding. Uh, somebody's going to do a drinking game for that one time. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. how many times do they say net runner no um, here's if they want to do a drinking game they need to do it anytime i say stuff like that anytime you say uh there's without no doubt a doubt about it. No, no doubt, doubt about, about it. it and i'm from north Carolina, no doubt about it you know i just <laughs> yeah um but yes oh so question number five um do you enjoy uh, the guests that are appearing on the show? Do you like having them on? Um, you know, occasionally we, you know, was 39%. Yes, 58%. Um, luckily, there wasn't a lot. There was 2% no. So, you know, it, occasionally, yes, we understand. Keep it balanced. Don't always do a show. And one of the things Marty and I started to do with the guests is we were trying to do it every other show or every um, third show that we did to bring on somebody so that it's not constantly us, you know, talking here. So we definitely hear you and we'll keep bringing them on. We've got a couple shows lined up to bring some people on and we're trying to make contact with other people. So yeah, guess we agree. We love hearing them. We love what they bring to the show and they teach us a lot. So no doubt they'll, they'll definitely keep coming. No, no doubt about it. All right. So question number six, <laughs> do you have any interest in RDT and merchandise, shirts, dice, et cetera? Overwhelmingly, you said 83%. No, <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, and here's why we ask that. Cause a lot of people do offer merchandise and stuff like that. And I thought, man, is that something we should really offer where people actually buy it? Should we invest money in something like that? And so overwhelmingly we have heard you. However, for the 17% that did say, yeah, I would be interested in it, we, Tony and I are thinking about possibly doing something where we're saying, look, uh, we have a shirt that we've already designed and we've made, and you've probably saw it. In fact, you may have seen it on Eric Summers' top 100 video list from, uh, what was it, 30 to 21? That's exactly right. Episode 30 through 21, and he even made reference to it when he talked about King of Tokyo. That was brilliant. Yeah, I loved, loved it. it. So anyway, that's the shirt that we designed. So what we may do is uh, say uh, we'll do a like a pre-order thing. If I think we need, what, Tony, 13, 15 people to order to get the price point what we need it to be? Uh, yeah, if we can get 15 people, they come in around 
uh, $16, well, well, yeah, well, somewhere around there. What we would we'll, do we'll is, figure it out. Yeah. yeah, what we do is think about maybe charging like 20 bucks, and that includes shipping or something like that. So exactly. what we may do set up, and, and if there's enough people interested, you give us your size and stuff, we'll place an order, we'll mail it to you. So how about that? Instead of us just having a store for you to go purchase anything, Every, maybe every once in a while we'll throw something out if somebody wants it we can order it I, and I know it's kind of cheesy and I mean we've never really gone into other, other than maybe the first two episodes where we talk about how we came up with the name rolling dice taking names I mean it's an expression where you hear you know kicking butt taking names who knows maybe that's something you want to wear at your next game hey I'm rolling dice and taking names or something like that or who maybe knows? not maybe not 83, 83% said no they do not uh, and we we understand that completely and totally. We understand it. We hear you. Uh, and so for number seven, who gets to suck the helium for a segment? I cannot believe how close it was. It was within ten votes. Ten it was. It was unreal. So the winner is not me. Yep, I'm going to be sucking some helium. So by fifty two percent, Marty beat me. I got forty eight, of course. You know, one hundred and eighteen to one hundred and eight. It was amazing how close it was. I thought for sure when I posted the comment about, hey, you know, I shouldn't be coming this close. It should all really be Marty. Y'all really want him. I thought for sure that'd tip it my way, but that didn't happen. So that's kind of cool. Um, but I made a deal with Marty that maybe we'll both be doing it. Wouldn't that be irritating? <laughs> yeah. So what, what we'll do. We, you, yeah, we asked, we asked you, so now we, we've got to live up to it. So we'll find some segment, some future show where I guess I got to go out and buy a couple of helium balloons and not pass out as I'm doing it, I hope. And uh, we'll, we'll come up with something. So we, we won't let you down. I'm not sure when it'll happen, but it will happen. Right. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of people wrote in a bunch of comments. And, Marty, uh, you got the lead on this, um, what you want to bring up from that standpoint. Yeah, I was trying to look. So we did get a lot of comments of what people would be interested, just uh, uh, things you like to add, see uh, new things. Uh, one that stood out a lot, a couple things. One was designer interviews. A lot of people uh, mentioned that. Now, we're still really new, but as we're starting to kind of learn people, we have gotten access to some game designers and so tony and i will now now try to reach out to these people and see if they would like to come on the show and just talk to them i think it would be really interesting to say uh if we get somebody on that design you know game xyz what was your inspiration where did it come from you know what steps did you go to to come up with that game i think that would be interesting so that's something that uh we're going to look uh look at doing uh, Tony, what do you see stand out to you? Uh, probably one of the biggest things is we got conflicting input. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're going to uh, say. <laughs> I, I want to hear all about Kickstarter, Kickstarter, Kickstarter. I'm tired of hearing about Kickstarter, <laughs> Kickstarter, Kickstarter. So, you know, uh, maybe that should have been one of the questions. Do you like Kickstarter or not? And so what we'll do is we're not... By any means, there's no way. When I was at Gen Con and Dan Yarrington from Game Salute taught, he had a whole panel on Kickstarter because that's how they really, that's how they generate their games. And I mean, he talked about in the past five years, it went from eight games or whatever, whenever Kickstarter started up, to now over 200 games a month on this. Nobody can physically cover that and discuss it. And what may happen is in future episodes, Marty and I may say, hey, here's a Kickstarter we found interesting, like we did with um, the agents that was uh, funded. Um, congratulations on that. Um, Game Salute. And say his name, Marty. It was us. Don't make uh, me. I'm so sorry. Sar. Sar was his first name. S-A-A-R. 
we, we butcher it bad enough and we appreciate all his, he, he even wrote us a personal email and you, you that was incredibly nice. It, oh, it was nice. That's the first time that we've done something like that. And somebody came back to us and said, thank you so much for doing that. So we really, sorry, we really appreciate you doing that for us. So we're going to look at a, a balance on this Kickstarter mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then one other comment that jumped out at me was, you know, of course they all want cute kittens and kids. Um, well, Marty and I, we, he's got the one kid, the rest of them have all grown up and well, we'll figure something out and wives. Well, we're trying, we are really trying to get them back on. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there was several about, we do promote being a family show, not only family friendly that anybody can listen to, but also one that uh, promotes gaming in the family. And as such, people came back and said, Hey, I would like some more of that. I have done some of that with some of my family and, and we'll continue to do that. That's, that's not going to stop. I'm looking through the list. Uh, you went over the Kickstarter summary. Yeah, so I think, like you said, we'll keep doing what, what you said we was going to do. We find something interesting, we'll talk about it. And I'm thinking that the Kickstarters we've talked about in the past, think about it. The Imminent Domain expansion, uh, Dungeon Roll, uh, uh, The Agents. Uh, it seemed like there was uh, one other one that we, we talked about. If we're passionate about it and we have interest, we will bring it up. How about that? I mean, I thought, and if, it, if it's nothing we have interest in, then I don't know that I should... I'm not going to diss a game. I'm not going to say something, see something I don't like, and then come say you guys shouldn't like that. I'm, I'm not. I don't play that kind of game. So I agree with you. So and and when we we've read all the comments once again. Thank you so much for them. We really do appreciate it. That was, uh, you know, you know, when you see a survey and you always have that comment field, you expect oh about maybe a third of the people to a quarter of the people to actually physically type something in. And we had well over that. And thank you. We, we really do appreciate that. And so the last thing that uh, kind of showed up on the list a lot was an occasional video. So even before this survey, I had, I think I was one time I am in you or something like that. And I just said, I said, don't freak out when I say this. And I just put video and I think you wrote back. I've already been thinking about it. So, Tony and I have been thinking about, should we go into the video realm? We said we would never do this. <laughs> Nobody wants to see our ugly mugs, but maybe, but maybe there is some value to this. So here's our first idea. We'll try it and we'll see how this works. So for our first type of video thing, and I don't know when this is going to happen, but this is what we're thinking. Since the five-minute initiatives are so popular, what we're going to do is do a five-minute initiative video version. What that allows us to do is when we talk about a game, we can now show components of the game, how the game works. Uh, lots of times during these five-minute initiatives, I go, I go gaga over the art or something silly like the box insert. Well, now we'd have a means to show you what I'm talking about. So we're going to give this a go of, of trying some five-minute initiative video segments. Uh, we've been talking uh, with some people about places to possibly shoot it so that it looks a little bit nicer. I'm, I'm one of these guys. I'm a big production quality guy. So I, I'm not just going to have come over to Tony's house and something sit in his bedroom and, and turn on a video camera and do it. If I want to do it, I want it to kind of somewhat look okay. Family show, dude. That's anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. So, yes. So, but yes. Go ahead. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, 
uh, when he suggested that, I said, sure, I've been thinking about not, no, doing this. Um, it, 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 I think we can. It, it'll be a lot of um, effort, but we will definitely get to it. Um, and we're trying to just come up with it. What's the first one? What's our big game that we're going to introduce? And I got a feeling um, I'm going to try to push somebody to do that. Oh, I don't know. Some game that's real hot right now. Something called like Pathfinder or something maybe. Who knows? I think that one will be good. I would need to get you over to play it. But I was actually thinking about another one that you have that's really hot right now that you just bought. Oh, oh, you're talking about that one that Gravwell? Are you talking about that one? Yes. Okay. So there's I think, two. I, I, I think that would be a good one to kind of sh- show and, and do one on. Now, what I was thinking too, if it's possible, as we do these video ones, that doesn't mean we're going to stop doing the audio. We will still do the audio. And in fact, if we can be really coy about how we're doing it, we could literally pull the audio off the video segment and still release it as a podcast. And so you'd have an audio version and a video version. Maybe not for every single one. Probably most of them will still be audio, but every once in a while we'll throw in the video, especially on games we think that would really help to support seeing the game. So it's in the future. Look forward to doing it, and we'll see how it goes. Um, But... Hey, it's it's something else to do. Hey, you know, we it'll be fun. It will be fun without uh, without a doubt. It will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that was our anything else, Marty? Before we close out this segment on the survey. Now, again, thank you uh, everybody uh, for for coming out and filling that out, especially the comment section. Like Tony said, most people leave those blank. So. Uh, everybody filling those in, it was it was big. It really helped us out. So let's just we'll just see where it goes from here, and we, we may have to do it again. And next year we may ask the same question. They'll go, please stop the videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I was getting ready to say, you asked for it. <laughs> so anyway, but all right, well appreciate it uh, once again. Survey, check out the blog if you want to see the results. Uh, and other than that, um, congratulations once again to Tracy for the $50 Cool Stuff Inc. gift card from Dice Tower Network. Which and, could potentially yeah. become $500. Exactly. I was fixing to say that. Good luck, and, and hopefully you'll be the winner of the $500 one. Incredible thank you to the Dice Tower Network for letting us hold this contest and be able to, you know, give something back. That's, it's always fun. We appreciate y'all's time and this the little little things we can do. And if I can get out to the shop, we may have some consolation prizes. But we got we're working on that. We'll see what we can do. So you just heard on the survey that everybody likes hearing an hour show and keeping it at that. Well, we're looking at the recording right now. And in order to do that, we're going to have to cut our Gen Con interviews short. And we're only going to do one right now. And one of the ones that I was just happened to walk through the um, Gen Con arena and I'm meandering around just taking it all in, I came across Arcane Wonders, the producers of Mage Wars. And Patrick Connor, who's the big sales rep for them, I mean, his, his title is director of communications he was there and he took time out and spent eight minutes with me talking about mage wars and which was something that marty and i demoed what in origins 2012 marty you know the first time i actually played it was 2010 at gen con but yeah we also played it at the origins last year too oh i didn't realize it had been out because that's what i talked to him about in the interview so you know take a listen to this he goes into a lot about being in the organized play and things like that give a listen to mage wars we'll be right back with you Hey, I'm standing here with Patrick of Arcane Wonders. You know Arcane Wonders from Mage Wars last year. It came out at Gen Con 2012. Here we are a year later. Patrick, how are things going with Mage Wars? Um, I know you're on your, at least coming out with your third expansion. Where are things going at Arcane Wonders? 
Uh, we're really excited. Thank you for having me here today. Um, Arcane Wonders, we came out with Mage Wars at Gen Con last year, and it's been an incredible success. Uh, here a year later, we're on our third print run of 10,000 units, um, and it's still uh, store owners are telling us they can't keep it on their shelves. People are getting it. They're falling in love with it. Uh, people that sit for our demos are immediately coming over to our booth and saying, okay, I, you got to hook me up with this game. Uh, they're having a great time. Uh, Mage Wars is a tactical arena combat game, but what makes us different than the other games that are out there is we use cards to represent miniatures in the game, and then that allows each player to have their own spell book, and they get to choose every turn what spells they're going to cast and when they're going to cast them. So um, there's no luck of the draw, no drawing from a deck. They can really plan what they're going to play that turn, and then it comes into the board, and then they make all the tactical decisions they want. So people have fallen in love with this concept, and we're expanding it. The base set comes with a Beastmaster, a Priestess, a Wizard, and a Warlock all that specialize in different schools of magic and all of them have different strategies and tactics they're going to use. So we started thinking, okay, what other types of mages would there be that uh, might be from different schools of magic? So we came up with last March the Force Master versus the Warlord. So the Force Master specializes in the Mind School of Magic and the Warlord, the War School of Magic. And so that very popular expansion, uh, the Force Masters have uh, been doing great in tournaments, and the Warlord is uh, um, a mage that builds up his troops and just goes in to obliterate the other mage and all of their creatures and different um, uh, conjurations that they've put out on the, on the board. Um, in June, we released at Origins the Conquest of Kumanjaro, that um, expands our game a little bit further by introducing a male priest with all new abilities and a female beastmaster with all new abilities plus uh, more expansion cards. Now, with all the expansions and things, people always wor worry about, oh, it's a card game. I'm going to be left behind if I don't get these things. The balance isn't there. But y'all have taken care of that, haven't you? Uh, yes, we have. The way it works, when you build your spell book, you build it like a miniatures army so that um, there's a certain number of spell points for each school of magic. And so as you're building your spell book, um, there's a balancing mechanism already there uh, to make sure that if you're going to put a really powerful spell in your spell book, that's going to cost you a lot of points. And so players can then mix and match from the different schools. So you can have a priestess who specializes in holy magic, but she can uh, splash in some fire or dark magic, it's just going to cost her extra points to put in her spell book. That is an automatic um, balancing mechanism right there, and then also um, the mana cost for each of the spells has been uh, meticulously balanced. We actually have a mathematician that works with us, and he crunches every single number. So every single stat, every single ability um, about a, a spell has gone through a mathematical process to find out what uh, that what that should be for a mana cost. And one thing I noticed when we played it last year at Origins, as you were demoing it, it took out a lot of that, oh, where's my draw mechanism? That's what I love about the open book. It, it became a very good strategy game, no doubt, without me having to labor over a miniature painting, Which, but the artwork is incredible. 
Well, thank you so much. Uh, first, with the open spellbook idea, we've had a number of people that are former CCG players that have come and said they love it because they can actually plan number of turns ahead and say, okay, I know what's going to happen. I can look at the situation on the board and I can make both short-range and long-range plans about how I'm going to approach and win this game. So um, every turn, a player gets to choose two spells out of their spellbook, and if they happen to have uh, spawn points uh, in, in play, which are special types of cards, creatures and conjurations that can also bring out spells, um, like the Beastmaster has a lair. So every turn, the lair can cast its own creature. So the mages aren't hindered by only two spells a turn. Depending on what they put into play, they may have more. Um, for the artwork, we have some amazing artists, and uh, we work very closely with them. We tell them what our idea, what our concepts are, and uh, 10 times out of 10, they nail it right on the head, and um, we've had so many people come to us and tell us that this is some of the most beautiful artwork they've ever seen in a game. So, so if someone's starting out, you buy the base set, and then you can go ahead with the expansions. So... What about organized play? How has that progressed over the year? What we've done for organized play, the first thing we've done is we have organized play kits available for retailers. And we're also we're expanding that to be open to our ambassador program. So an organized play kit, the way we design it, there's, there's a storyline. And that storyline then, um, they take the matches that they play throughout the organized play kit and then the winners decide where that story goes. And then we use those results to create future storylines and future organized play programs. So our players are actually actively involved in helping us drive the storyline for Mage Wars and where it's going. We also have a tournament program. Uh, we've done a number of major tournaments uh, from small cons to large cons like here at Gen Con. And here at Gen Con, we have a master's tournament. We have uh, three nights of qualifying tournaments, and then we take the winners from those qualifying nights, and they're going to battle out Sunday um, for the, the title of the Gen Con uh, Major Wars Masters tournament. So, Okay, so if you have a small con coming up, we have one in the Charlotte area in November. What's the best way to get information about holding a Mage Wars tournament? Because we do have the players down there. Uh, the best way is to get a hold of me, Patrick Connor, at patrickconnor at arcanewonders.com. Email me, uh, and this is for anyone. If you want to get an event together, um, we have ambassadors all over. We, have, we opened up an ambassador application. We end up getting well over 100 people sign up from all over the world. So we have people that are out there ready to take uh, help Mage Wars expand and grow. And if you're a retail store or you're a tournament organizer and you want to run Mage Wars events, uh, please contact me. And uh, you can also check us out at our website, at Facebook, at Board Game Geek, and you can get a hold of us uh, any way possible. Well, I've got to ask you, last year, your first year at Gen Con, this is your second year here. How has it compared this year to last year? Are you just Have you been overwhelmed? Uh, overwhelmed, but in a good way. Last year, we only had 200 copies to sell uh, that we got as, from an advanced print run from our printer. And we sold those out in a total of about 15 minutes each day over a few days. We, we put a few out every day, and they were gone immediately. 
here at Gen Con this year, we came with just a ton of product, and we've been overwhelmed with the amount of support that we've had from our fans. Every day the booth has been busy. Our, um, our demo tables have been full constantly, and people are just loving the game. It's been a, a great outpouring of support from our fans and our customers. So. Well, I know I've, I received the emails, and I remember last year I still have my T-shirt, so appreciate it from you know Rolling Dice Taking Names. Patrick, appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Wow. It sounds like uh, that game has got a head of steam on it. Um, I know it's only been out a year. They're talking about the expansions, all the cool things they're doing with the organized play. It's still extremely popular. I, it, was, it was still popular at Origins. I, I assume it, the booth was still buzzing at Gen Con. Oh, it was unreal, and they had the big tournament going on. And, you know, people were always coming up to get the the, the big way that, you know, Arcane Wonders is drives people to their booths is that with that brilliant little coupon in the book, you know, you come every day and you pick up a promo card. Right. Uh, and so that really helps drive people to the booth. Or like, you know, Patrick said, people come and demo it, and they love it, and they pick up the game. Now, when we demoed it back at Origins 2012, you and I, we enjoyed that game. We love, and I just wrote a review over at Gamers Codex on Mage Wars about, you know, one of the concepts I love is that spell book and how you're not, ha- you're not deck constrained. You're not trying and hoping that card comes up or that somebody would take a snare card off the top of your deck and give you the Netrunner game. Yeah, uh, FYI, that's how I lost to Tony today at lunch in Netrunner, but go ahead. It's been a drought. I haven't beaten him in a long time. So anyway, um, so from that standpoint, you know, that to me really enticed that game. Now, you and I did the demo. We really liked it. But at that time, I think we were coming off our World of Warcraft uh, collectible card game binge. Yeah. So so (laughs) I guess what we're saying is, is why aren't we playing this game? So like I said, the first time I saw this game was in 2010 at Gen Con when uh, Arcane Wonders was just a tiny little booth and they were showing off this prototype of the game. And the first thing that drew me in was the spell book. There's no draw mechanic. So you, you can't get messed up by bad draws or anything like that. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Saw it again at 2011. They had done all this play testing and making the best game it could. We saw it at 2012. They had tightened it up even more. And then it came out. And neither one of us purchased it. And I think we were just like, yeah, World of Warcraft. We had just come off the fantasy binge. And now we were getting ready saying we were into, um, I think we had just started Lord of the Rings from Fantasy Flight at that time as well. Yeah. And I think also yeah, that we, we, we saw. We had, yeah. Yeah. We saw Netrun on the horizon. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we had saw what that was and, and we liked the idea of it. And I think both of us were like, well, we don't want to get invested into another card game and support two games and so i think we went with um we went with netrunner we, we've been playing it that's not a bash on mage wars i think mage wars is an incredible game oh, um yeah. it's they they're doing a lot with it the the mechanics are great like he says it's almost like a miniatures game with cards which i love because of the fact i haven't got to paint a card you know i can just pull <laughs> it out of the book and play it right there uh, it, it does feel somewhat like a miniatures game, and they've done a fantastic job on it, and, and they're now bringing in the whole organized play with the tournament uh, circuit and everything, so it, it's going to last a long time. Uh, oh, yeah, and and as you say, I mean, there's only been a few expansions. I mean, you can get into the base game for around $40 now, and 
it's you know it comes with everything you need for a two player game. One thing people forget it's a you can actually have up to four people playing, so mm-hmm. you can do teams or you can do you know last last free for all free for all, and so that's really impressive about that game. And you know some of the only knocks I'm heard is I don't carry this big old board and all these tokens around. Well, you can get a cloth board. You can you can take masking tape and mark something off i mean it, it can happen so for you know it's it's easy to do um and then probably you know uh, like i said and marty was stating you know we had we were doing our lord of the rings we were really enjoying the co-op play of that at the time and netrunner was all you know we had we're hearing about that it came out at gen con in 2012 and everybody was going gaga over that and we love the living card game system but once again you know mage wars you buy you buy the book of spells and you're done. None of this chasing the rare stuff. None of that garbage. So, it, and exactly. I, yeah, and I know in our con that's coming up in uh, November here in Charlotte, North Carolina, Mace, um, it's going to their you know, uh, local game store uh, around here will be holding a Mage Wars uh, tournament. So maybe Marty, you and I can take the core set that I have and we can go and compete in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And do his, uh, hey, yeah, take the core set and, and, and just get pwned by everybody who's actually been playing the game, buying the expansions. Well, no, as Patrick said in the interview, you know, if, if, when, he, when he was, I asked him that, I said, how do you keep the balance? And he talks about, he runs the statistics, they run all that. And to be honest with you, when you look through the forums, I didn't see a whole lot of people saying, oh, this card's so uber powerful and all that stuff. Mm. So anyway, so I just need to, we need to get that out and play it again. And who knows? We got till November, when is it, 15th, 16th, somewhere around there for for the con. We can, we can probably get over there if, well, we're, if we you, get away from You've got the duties. game, so just bring it over. I'll play. I know you will. Um, so, Patrick, we appreciate you doing that. Look forward to, I know you said, who knows, you might come by um, the, the city. Um, when I was talking to you, and maybe if I, if you're there, you can sit down and do a follow up interview. We'd love it. Um, once again, Mage Wars Arcane Wonders, guys. If you're looking for that type of card game where you're not having to chase the rares, where you're looking for a fantasy base, give it a give it a look. Um, a lot of good information there. Oh well, that wraps up another show. <laughs> Outstanding. Yes, I'm goofing off. Oh, it's getting he's away. goofing off in between the uh, yes. when the recording's off. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. guys. He made me it's, laugh right when he came back on. It's 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 late again because somebody was too busy watching um, the. What were you uh, watching? Do you really want to know? Yes. What were you watching? <laughs> okay, so. My my wife occasionally okay she watches the young and the restless and for those of you who follow it <laughs> were you watching young and the restless it was the last shows with they did the they did the thing with Chancellor you know the lady who she died you know three months ago so they were doing the salute tour hey it's it's bonding time okay hey it you know I. Uh, hey, I don't want to hear it because when we were at NC State, excuse me? I know. Okay, I'm not even going to go there about what the big show was on campus everybody watched. Guiding Light? Guiding Light, and there was <laughs> the General Hospital and the Guiding Light people. Okay. Yeah. People didn't really need to hear this on the show, but hey, you did. <laughs> so when you're telling me I'm watching a show, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, he's watching some cool drama on AMC, Breaking Bad or Mad Men or something like that. 
it's young and the restless. She doesn't like any of the shows I watch on AMC. I, I've got so many. I got. I'm behind on Hell on Wheels. That's my show. Oh. I'm, I love Hell on Wheels. So anyway, so <laughs> so guys, uh, yep. Survey results. Yeah. Okay. Moving along here. Um, you know, um, we still got some more Gen Con interviews to get out to y'all, and we've got a couple five minutes that we got to do. And we got to get this video done. Got to figure out how we're going to do that. We're going to make it happen for everybody. Yeah, we will. Yeah, I know. Um, once again, appreciate everybody participating in the survey. Incredible response. Please leave us comments at the Board Game Guild, um, Board Game Geek Guild. Um, We'll start monitoring that. Okay, Marty does a great job monitoring that. I I need to get better at it and participate. And what else? What else we got, man? Okay, I got. I, I can't get over the young and restless <laughs> thing. I'm sorry. I, I can't even think straight. I can't even think straight. I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm trying to get back on gaming or something, and I'm hey, at a total loss. You know, I'm going to have to do a quick board game geek. Where I know there's got to be a game on soap operas. There's got to be. Do you get the soap opera digest? I mean, do you get that no. weekly? No, I don't get that weekly. I can read it while I'm waiting on checkout at the grocery store. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> yeah, that's unreal. I mean, come on now. <sighs> hey, I I don't watch them. This was just a special one. I'm telling you, man. You, yeah, you know when characters die off, it's kind of sad. So anyway, um, you're going to have to close out because I'm, I'm gone now at this point. (laughs) You're welcome. And, and so, you know, in 1986, there was the soap opera game that was, um, (laughs) that was designed and published by Hardell game company. And there have been no reviews on it. You can't find it in the marketplace anywhere. There's a few pictures. I'm going to have to, if, if anybody has the soap opera game. Okay. Here's what you need to do. You need to contact the guys that flip the table because this is what they do. They take bad games and play them and send it their way and see if they'll play it. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely do that. It's a dice humor party game. So that'll be interesting. Um, so yep. So once again, Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be getting out of episode number 22 here is in the can pretty much, literally. And, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, survey says, and by all means, please leave us any comments that you want. And until next time, keep rolling dice. And taking those names. Or watching those soaps. <laughs> Be sure to follow RDTN on Twitter at Dyson Names, join their guild on Board Game Geek, like them on Facebook, or check out the blog at RollDiceTakeNames.com. This episode was sponsored by the Gamers Codex, your source for game news, reviews, and a fun place to discuss the games you enjoy playing. Visit them at TheGamersCodex.com. Yeah, Martin, and see, it was Mrs. C's mm-hmm. celebration of her right. life and the dedication of the park, and everybody came back to do oh, it. Well, what about uh, Phyllis? Oh, man, she's in a coma in Charleston. Oh, well, good. I can't stand her. She's such a tramp. <laughs>